This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry. Scoop. Perry. Perry. Lillian able to shake away from Solani. It's away to All right, this is going to be a different show. We don't have the sulky, smooth voice of Patrick or the Canadian wit and wisdom of Eddie Van Jones. So you're stuck with me and my uh, other hetero life mate, Dave Rodriguez. How are you doing, Dave? Oh, I'm great. (laughs) So we're we're covering uh, for the boys because I I feel like they're kind of just lazy and they're just like, you know what? We don't like our fans that much, so we're just going to leave it to, to Jason and whoever he can find. So uh, nice enough for you to join me and uh, nice enough for Michelle to really kind of help set this up while Pat and Eddie are away gallivanting with each other, I assume, <laughs> and whatever love triangle that they're trying to force on themselves. I'm jealous. So, <laughs> all right. So let's get into it. I mean, we're talking about the ducks and, uh, one of the things that the very first thing that you might've seen, if you actually watched the telecast or you were there in person is they did, uh, one of their new Jersey things, the wild wing busting out of the ice thing. Yeah. It's awesome. Right. Uh, for a few <laughs> seconds, but huh? I mean, really, I don't really like the Jersey, but I mean, it was a nice nostalgic thing, but yeah. I I like it. You know what? That's it's kind of one of those weird things. It's like one of the worst jerseys by many accounts and many people. But um, I don't know. I don't mind it. I like that cheesiness that kind of goes along with that little wild wing, uh, you know. And I guess it's also kind of cool for me because it's a goalie. He's like in goalie gear busting out. So (laughs) I like that. But I didn't realize this. When they actually had that as their alternate jersey, they only wore it four times that entire season. So that jersey's only been worn four times ever in uh, all of NHL games. That's probably a good thing. Oh, shut up. All right. Well, I miss it, and I want one, and they're expensive, so I can't have one. Um, so on to this game. I was really, really hoping I could go, hey, you know, Pat and Eddie aren't here, and it's the Dave and Jason show. And look, the Ducks did awesome. The Ducks were outstanding. <laughs> they 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 floundered, you know, really bad against Philly, but they had a you know in team uh, meeting, and that meeting resulted in them coming out of the gates and just blowing the doors off of a, a horrible New York Ranger team that we didn't expect <laughs> to go anywhere, and not so much. Not so much, but I. I don't know. I think the first couple minutes, first few minutes, they actually 
they look kind of good. <laughs> I mean, I, I could tell that, you know, they had some spunk, yeah. you know, some pep in their step. And then it kind of tailed, tailed off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, the first five minutes actually weren't too terrible. I mean, out of the gate, um, after the first five minutes, they'd only given up uh, one shot and they were, were technically out shooting the Rangers two to one. Uh, but I mean, uh, also, this is kind of that game where you thought maybe the Ducks could take advantage of maybe that little bit of momentum where, where they, you know, they had that meeting. They're playing against the lowly Ranger team. They're not playing against Lundqvist. He's out. And then you also have the bearded one showing up. Patrick Eves makes his final, re- you know, his return after missing more than a year of hockey. You know, you don't expect him to just come running out of the gates and just rack up what uh, he was doing prior to all of that. But, I mean, some sort of, you know, motivation or something to kind of just really kind of kick it into high gear. I figured the first five, ten minutes, the Ducks should be flying high. They're doing the New Jerseys. And so I was I was a little disappointed. They got, you know, one of the youngest goalies uh, in the league uh, going in and playing. And he looked shaky on some easy shots. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, it was just kind of – it was all right. It, w- it wasn't great. I was expecting more just because I was like, all right, show me what you got. You guys talked a big game in the media and, and I just didn't see it. So it was a, a little, little underwhelmed in the first five, maybe even 10 minutes of that game. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, just ditto to what you say. But like mm-hmm. I said, they came out, I thought they attempted to come out fast the first five minutes. Um, I saw some decent breakouts, um, Hayes even mentioned this, uh, I can't even remember what's called this double swing where they, uh, they tried where two guys came back into the zone with some speed defenseman gets it to one of the guys and boom, you have a good kind of speedy chance in the offensive zone. Um, but like I, like I said, things started to slow down. Uh, it was nice having Eves back. Um, I was kind of hoping that he would come out and score a hat trick, but you know, those are high hopes. I knew those were high hopes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think what ended up happening is he just had a, you know, quiet game mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of did what someone who was gone for a year for that do. long. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, overall for that whole first period, I mean, it was, it was kind of a back and forth. There were stretches where the ducks, you know, looked pretty decent. They were actually up four to one in shots at one point, which is kind of surprising. Uh, but I mean, at the end of it, they they finished at seven and shot uh, seven and seven on shots. Uh, Eve looked fine for his first you know period coming back, missing a year. Um, he even you know started got his first chance on power play. It was kind of cool too though, is that when he first stepped out on the ice, at least the fans that were there were able to kind of give him you know a little bit of a standing ovation, and you know they they acknowledged that he was out there and he was doing what he could. Uh, but I mean, the, the same problems that, you know, kind of arose in previous games were kind of still prevalent in that first period. Uh, you know, the, the soft defense and then also, you know, they they were kind of weak in front of the crease. And when they started, ended up getting a little bit more pressure. They, same thing, they would just flip it out to the middle of the zone and just hope that it would find somebody and that it could turn around, but it ended up coming back. And so from shift to shift, um, there was no flow to it. And with no flow to it, it just seemed like there was just a couple of lines, the first and fourth line, they looked good. Um, what did you think about that fourth line? 
coming they out look, with. I, I thought they looked really good. Um, speedy. Um, I don't know, just a good forecheck, uh, getting chances. Uh, I thought they were really the best line that period. Um, Sherwood, it's nice to have Sherwood back. <laughs> yeah, he spent like a hot minute there in San Diego. I don't even think he played a game. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, so Sherwood, uh, Street, and Kosala, who kind of comes back into the fold too, coming back from injury. Uh, add a little bit of speed, but that was nice to see a fourth line that was pretty good. Eve's playing on the third line, and then there was also the uh, second line, the Kessler-Cogliano-Silverberg line that kind of came back. Now, that that didn't really impress me in the first period, nor through most of the game. It didn't seem like those guys, uh, you know, there really wasn't that same spark, that same energy, whatever Carlisle's doing to get back to what might have worked really kind of wasn't there in any sense for me. They were kind of there, but they, they, most of the time they, they were either defending or they just, they, they weren't pushing anything offensively either. So it was just, it was almost a wash um, for me. At least we got out of the first period with not giving up a goal and not being outshot. That's, that's almost a win at this point for us. Absolutely. If we get out of a period Absolutely. and not be outshot. That's a bonus. I'm going to call that a win for uh, the Ducks at that point. Yeah, I was actually happy after that first period. And yeah. uh, just going back to that Kessler, Silverberg, Cogliano line. I mean, Silverberg, I don't know. I don't think he needs to be playing with Kessler and especially Cogliano. That's just my opinion. I mean, Kessler, he's slowing down. Cogliano has, I mean, to me, he's got stone <laughs> hands. Yep. And uh, he frames his passes and doesn't pass that good. So, yeah. And, and, and at one point, when they when some of that flurry in the first period, uh, it was them on the ice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't. I wasn't too thrilled with that line. Yeah, and um, you know, in between, I, I think it was uh, between that first and second period, uh, there was an interview with. Uh, um, Henrique uh, that uh, Ket French did and talked a little bit, you know, after the first period had been done, um, you know, hey, you guys had that meeting that lasted for about 53, 54 minutes or whatever it was before they were supposed to go out and actually do a uh, their practice. And Henrique kind of went out there and said, yeah, we, you know, everyone kind of aired everything out everyone kind of knew where they stood and we felt that that first period we addressed a lot of the problems we thought we had um and we thought we did a good job and i'm i guess i'm gonna go on record and go like uh, it was nice you know what you guys did but I, I saw a lot of the same problems the underlying problems there and and not a whole lot that made me think you guys did anything any more special if this was a high-caliber team, you guys probably ended up giving up goals in that first period. The fact you're playing the Rangers, maybe you felt a little bit better about it, but it just at the whole time, I just didn't feel like the Ducks were, were really in it. It just kind of felt like, all right, they're doing all right, but come on, it's the Rangers. Uh, almost anyone can be doing this against the Rangers. Yeah, they probably should have maybe. I mean, you would expect even better effort than what they showed. I mean... Mm-hmm. Like I said, they did. I thought they did come out with a little bit of gusto, pep, <laughs> pep in their step. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, again, they kind of tailed off. And um, I, I was just kind of curious because at before the game, or actually during the day when I'm reading 
tweets and stuff like that. Um, I heard it was a meeting between the players and the coaching staff. And then, yeah. and then Henrique, I guess, and then during the game, he just kind of said it was just the players. So I'm just kind of confused. Hmm. Yeah, well, I don't think uh, I think it was everyone because uh, usually if it's if it's just players only and they lock out the you know the coaching staff, the coaching staff still would go onto the ice, I believe, uh, that rather than you know this is me just kind of guessing or spitballing here, but it seemed like everyone it, it didn't seem like they were casting out the coaching staff. It was more or less, hey, let's all get on the same page, let's all do this, and the fact it was almost an hour of talking, I just can't think that. The players would have been there for an hour just saying, hey, we got to do this. We got to get in here, air it all out. I think they, they probably got it from every direction. And that comes from coaching staff and also from the players as well. So, uh, you know, we'll never know. We weren't there. And uh, fortunately, my uh, my GoPro, uh, the batteries <laughs> died. So I'll never get that back. But they did come out in the second period and they looked a little bit better. Um, I mean, at least initially, right out of the gate, Auburn looked really good. He got a couple of chances. Uh, but unfortunately, right after one of those chances, he ends up taking a penalty. Uh, it's a weird little hooking play. It ends up kind of putting them back on, uh, the, pe- or on the penalty kill for the first time. And uh, they, they don't look great on the penalty kill. Um, you know, they end up scoring. Uh, the Rangers end up scoring. It was uh, who ended up scoring it. Uh, Hayes ends up putting it in the back of the net. You know, I'm going to go from a goalie's perspective because <laughs> I am a goalie, and that's how I got to look at things and say, well, what was the goalie thinking? Because it looks bad because Gibby gets kind of turned around in a way, and then it sneaks in underneath his arm. But a lot of things kind of went into that first. Uh, there was a deflection that happens right in front of him. It uh, makes a save, ends up having to like kick it behind, or he makes a save. The puck deflects to Fowler. Fowler doesn't really get it out of the way. He just kind of scoots it behind the net. He pushes it there. He kind of follows it. The other defenseman on the other side of the net tries to also go after it. Now you got two defensemen reaching behind the net. It then gets kicked out. And then one guy shoots it. Kessler makes a, a block, which is great. Gibby's spinning around trying to figure out where the puck has gone at that point. Deflects to Hayes. Hayes finds just a little bit of a room. It was just the definition of kind of a broken play where, like, four things in a row went wrong for the Ducks, and it ends up in the back of the net. Yeah, and it was kind of uh, bad luck, too. I mean, Kess blocked a shot right to the guy. <laughs> yeah. And... uh yeah, I thought, uh, I mean, I know you're going from goalie's perspective, but I'm just going, I don't know. He looked like he was kind of spinning around a little bit. But you know what? Gibby gets uh, Gibby gets passes from me. <laughs> As he should. He should get passes yeah. from a lot of people. But I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, from last year that are still around, say, trade him. He gave up that goal. Um, so, yeah, that one, that one sneaks in. And you can see the second it goes in, too. He, he freaking goes in on his, his uh, you know, his side, and he, he just throws his head back. He's like, damn it, so freaking <laughs> close. Almost got out of that thing and just couldn't quite uh, squeeze it enough to to hold the puck on to him. So that's Hayes' third goal of the season. Um, what I did like is that after that happened where the, the Ducks had played all right and were kind of nearing about almost the halfway point of the game and the Ducks give up a power play goal, 
they didn't give up. The very next shift and, uh, you know, following shifts, they still had good chances. So even though they gave up the goal, they go through uh, that first five minutes. They're still they're now out shooting the Rangers 11 to 10 after the first five minutes of the second. Uh, they they start to kind of they, they follow up the goal with some good play. And then, uh, once again, the, the problems of the second period and the problems that the Ducks seem to be having game in and game out start showing up. The passing starts to slip. It's, it's passes into the skates. It's passes that hit sticks but then jump away somewhere else. Uh, they don't the – one thing I noticed between the fifth and tenth minute of that second period, there's no waves that are good it's it's maybe a shift here and it's maybe you know half or two-thirds of a shift the ducks look like they might be able to do something they get a couple of shots nothing of super high danger but at least you're involved in it and then all of a sudden it just the wave recedes and now they're back on defense for a couple of shifts before they might get another chance or crack another two chances and that ends up and it, it ends in Walensky end up taking a penalty and the Ducks are kind of lucky at that point after that. They take that penalty. There's a lot of uh, almost tap-ins, and the, the Rangers are a little bit guilty of putting, uh, you know, overpassing and not quite committing to most of that stuff. So, that you know, the second half or the second part of the, first, or the second period just uh, didn't look good either for the Ducks. No, and I, they're reverting back to a lot of, you know, we got the puck back finally after defending for a while and then dumping into their zone to get a change. Uh, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more, hold on to it, let the guys change, hold possession, you know, and not give the puck back. Uh, but again, reverting back to some of the same old habits. Yeah, and and... One of the things that the Ducks had done really well in seasons past and that really didn't show in this one is their their power or their, sorry, their penalty kill looked really sloppy. A lot of plays through the middle. Um, I mean, they barely got out on a lot of those penalty kills where plays should have been goals and were just missed by the Rangers. Not necessarily that Gibson did anything wrong, but that the the penalty killing just wasn't up to par again. And so, it, you know, at least we got through halfway through the, the game, the second period. And at that point, uh, the Ducks are at least only down by one. And then between the 10 and 15-minute mark of that second period, uh, something that I, it, I was kind of expecting and kind of saw parts of through most of the game was Getzloff trying to take over. Um I wanted the rest of the team to do what he was doing and don't think about it. Just kind of shoot. Getzloff doesn't shoot a lot, but he was taking a lot more shots than he has in the past, which is something we really kind of want to see out of them. The Ducks end up getting a power play and Getzloff was making plays. Uh, he ends up sending a pass over to Fowler. Fowler you know, one times it hits the iron. Um, and that once again can be kind of little demoralizing when he was wide open like that, hits the iron, and, and it could have been sent out. They fortunately keep it in. Getzloff sends another amazing pass over to uh, Raquel. Uh, Raquel one-times it. You'd think that one should have easily gone in, but that rookie goalie whose name is so hard to pronounce, so I'm going to skip it, actually say, makes an amazing to hit. It's just say G-Jev. G-Jev. 
G uh, okay. G-Man. Jeff, whatever. G-Man. Oh, the G-Man. I'll go with G-Man. I like that one. So G-Man gets all the way over there and makes an equally amazing save uh, on Raquel. But the one thing the Ducks I haven't seen a whole lot of, if they ever want to do good, you know, do well five on five, is have someone in the front of the net. And they had Silverberg of all people in front of the net. So G-Man makes amazing save. That puck kind of flutters midair. Sure enough, uh, Silverberg ends up smacking it in, and we get a tying goal, and it's on the power play. Yeah, it looked pretty. It looked decent. Uh, I, it was nice to see that one-time shot. Uh, we, sometimes they try a one-time shot. Either the guy misses it, or it goes wide, or it gets blocked. You know, it was nice to see one get through, uh, even though G-Man uh, <laughs> made a great save. But you know what? You get a guy in front of the net, put away some trash, and you know you gotta get a goal so the silver bullet and i i had a thought about this everyone um does the ooh ah silverberg thing yes i love it you love it now here's here's my here my whole thing they say ooh ah silverberg and i don't quite get it other than i guess it's something that they do in sweden ooh ah and then whatever swedish guy scored a goal i think that's how they're trying to bring it in i tried to say Ooh, Auberg, when he was scoring goals instead of Silverberg. So Auberg scores. I say, ooh, Auberg. And then Derek online uh, on social media, they give me crap because like, I don't know what the hell that's about. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know, Jason. It's so well, but how do you feel about the ooh, uh, you love that, but can it be used for something a little bit better than Silverberg? Because uh, ooh, uh, Silverberg, but ooh, Auberg, I feel works better. Uh, no, because it's short. It just sounds like you're going, oh. uh. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, I think it I works. Like you're it. wrong. I'm right. So uh, no, this is different. <laughs> I'm right. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, hovering. That's right. Um, so just like the Ducks did against Philly, it took them, uh, uh, you know, probably about twice, three, maybe four times as long in this game to give back that lead almost immediately. So thank you for tying. But you know what? We really like trying to play from behind and uh, killing our goalie with uh, you know a lack of offense or, or defense for that matter. So almost immediately, the Ducks uh, give up the puck. Less than two minutes later, uh, Howden, uh, a rookie, scores his third goal of the season. What I didn't like about this goal was he made a nice individual play to kind of keep control of the puck, and he threw it back to his defense. Lundstrom. Lundstrom is where I had the problem. He, if you watch the play, he ends up just kind of, he's on uh, Howden and stays with it. But then the second he throws it there, Lundstrom starts looking back at where the puck is. Howden just goes like, oh, he's not watching me. He cuts right to the middle. Now that the shot comes from the point or a pass comes from the point down to VC who's in front and he makes a very nice pass. But at the same time, I watched Lundstrom that whole play and he completely lost the guy who was his check and let him just walk right in. And it was a tap in at that point. So I got really frustrated watching Lundstrom do that, even though everyone wanted to say, oh, what a great little pass. And I don't know if that's just me being a goalie once again. That guy was <laughs> wide open, way too open. He and was. Felt, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I just felt I felt like that the pass was nice. I mean, it worked out. But at the same time, you see Lundstrom like kind of half-assing a, a stick check to lift his stick. And at that point, he had the guy. They were toe-in-toe, -toe, and he just left them and started watching the puck. And that's kind of that 
the micro things that are wrong. Once again, he's young, so he's going to make mistakes. These are learning curves. But this one is one that cost the Ducks, especially from a momentum standpoint where Silverberg just scored. And then right around, you know, you, you let that guy go and he gets a tap in. Yeah, it was a blow. It was a good it was a good play. And I had the I noticed the same thing, too. You know, Lundstrom kind of let that guy go or just didn't catch up to him in time. But but I also noticed Montour was a little high. From my perspective, he was like at the top of the circles. I, 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 I can't remember if he was chasing somebody, but he seemed kind of high and maybe got caught skating around too much. Uh, and uh, I, that's how I, I, I don't want to put all the blame on Lundstrom. Yes, he, that was his guy, but I'm like, where's Montour on that one? Uh, I'm going to put it on him. Okay. Uh, let's, let's, let's the center. That was his check. He was toe-in-toe with them. Uh, what he shouldn't have done is is look back. I mean, you can nitpick at that point, you know, how long is he going to look back where the puck went. But I just saw him look. He stared at what the guy at the point was doing. And then by the time he realized, oh, wait, where's my guy? That's when the, the pass was happening, and he was already a, a step and a half behind, and there was no chance for him to kind of catch up to it. So, once again, it's kind of learning curves. This is what happens when you, you put in younger guys and they've got to try and figure out how they're going to stay with their check, how they're going to play defensively. Uh, but it's just one that ended up getting away and another momentum killer. Uh, about the only bright spot through this point is that uh, the Ducks are up 18-14 to 14 in shots, so we're not getting out shot. But we're also not winning the game. We're down 2-1. to one. <laughs> uh, The last five minutes of the game uh, – there was an odd man rush for the Rangers that ended up hemming in the ducks in their own zone. And this is one of those things that ends up happening again with the ducks. And it seems like, you know, repetitive, but I just see guys standing around and then they react like a guy rolls off the board with the puck and the guy with the puck on the other team is almost surprised that he's got so much time that he starts to think, but, Oh, okay, well I'll start doing something. And then the ducks are like, Oh, um, I'll, okay, I'll get him. And then it's just that half a second where it's late. Everything becomes more dangerous. And then that half a second where the guy who should already be on him is delayed. Everybody else then starts to think, does that guy have him? Is, is he not seeing what I'm about to see? Do I need to go over there? And then everyone stops worrying about the guy or their check or who they're supposed to be guarding. And then it just becomes chaos. And then it becomes, you know, once again, that, that wave against the Ducks where it's you know, a shot happens, and then there's a rebound, and then everyone's still trying to scramble to figure out who they're covering. If they get the puck, they're lucky enough to just send it to the center neutral zone and hope that, you know, they can get a line change. And the second period, that doesn't happen nearly as much. And, you know, once again, Lindholm ends up taking a penalty towards the end of that, uh, that uh, period. And, I, you know, not that it was directly off of that play, but it was just that seems to be their MO, their mode of operation, when things start to get a little haywire, everyone just starts running around. It does, they don't know who to cover, when to cover them, when to step up. Everyone's overthinking what they're doing, and no one's really just reacting normally like a hockey player should. Yeah, it just looks like – I don't want to talk about football much, but it just looks like a zone defense at the end of a game. Yeah, yeah football just, sucks. I know it does, but I'm just trying <laughs> to give an analogy to people who do probably watch football. But uh, yeah, That's you. I, I don't watch football anymore. Leave me alone. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you know, they, they are. They're just kind of skating around. They 
when you watch other teams play against us, they're, I don't know, they're a little bit more on the body, more sticks, you know, stick on stick, um, not waving sticks around. And as a result, when you start running around, you start taking penalties. And it's just kind of, like you said, it's the MO. It's, it's what we're just kind of getting used to. You know what another fun thing I end up doing, uh, watching games like that, when I feel like I'm being, like when the Ducks are sucking, and that's that's been a lot this season, um, I find that one thing I try and do is like, man, am I being overly critical of the team I'm watching, the team I want to do good, I want to feel good about what they're doing, am I being overly critical at how they're playing? So then what I do is I switch my mindset. I end up going like, well, what if I was a fan of the other team? And then I start looking at what my team is doing offensively or what they're doing defensively and just for, you know, as best I can, try and pretend I'm in that fan's mindset. And when I do that, I see the other team and I go like, man, I'm glad they're my team. They look good. <laughs> they look like they're doing something. But when I see the Ducks go in and play, it just I feel like, God, they can't get anything going. The other team just seems to take it to them. They take it. If they're lucky, they might get a, a rush where we get a chance and, you know, it's one and done. There's no sustained pressure and it's not shift after shift after shift. Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You know, you watch the other teams like, wow, they have a good offensive system. Wow, they're all going into the zone at the same time. <laughs> you know, wow, they're playing well defensively. Uh, they're making a, They're making the Ducks chip in all the time. Yeah. It's like, why can't they do that? What, like, I don't know. Why can't they just, I don't know, be cheat? Uh, like, look at the other kid's test paper and do the same thing. I don't get it. <laughs> exactly. And so the, the Ducks, they they really just couldn't sustain any momentum in that period. It was like any any good thing that they had ended up, you know, just just wait a minute. You know, full 60 seconds and it'll be back in our zone and we're, we're back to, you know, scrambling around. I mean, I don't want to paint this as it's been as bad as we've seen in the past. Um, it's better than what it has been. But at the same time, we're playing, you know, arguably one of the worst teams or what most experts have predicted as being one of the worst teams of this season. And we still cannot, you know, really, I mean, we're matching them at that point. And that says a lot when we're starting to get healthy guys back and, you know, Silverberg's finally back, we're getting Eves back. I mean, the excuses should be dropping off at this point. You can say injuries or whatever. It's just, it's still not quite clicking for the Ducks. Fortunately, we're only down by one goal. We're actually out shooting them 18 to 17 after the second period. So we go into the third period. The good news for Ducks and Ducks fans is that Gibson is legit in the third. He's only given up two third-period goals to this point in the entire season. You know, room for optimism. Doesn't happen that (laughs) often for us right now. Um, And the first five minutes, the Ducks took all of that and got one decent chance. And uh, once again, they started to look like the same Ducks we've seen before. Um, The refs were kind of putting their whistles away. There are a couple opportunities where they probably should have called goal or uh, sorry penalties. Uh, Cogliano got taken down with the slash. That yep. seemed pretty damn obvious, but yep. everyone, you know, the refs, like I said, put the the whistles away after five minutes. Were you know pretty much three for three in shots at that point uh, after the five minute mark. But I mean, you you think hopefully they kind of jump back out. This is our period. We got to push it to them. The Rangers did a good job you know, kind of shutting things down. But once again, you're just waiting for that, that push through that the Ducks were going to have, and they didn't have it early. 
well, I, I don't know if it's like a, a lack of sense of urgency or just I don't know. This is the way they just the way they play, and that's just the way they play. Yeah, like they're waiting for something good to happen for them, and I kind of got a little bit of that sense where it's like, okay, you know, we're not really out of the game, and I'm just. I'm waiting for two things as a Ducks fan and an optimist, even though it doesn't sound like I'm one. I'm waiting for the Ducks to just bust out, get a goal, get two goals, stupid goals, goals that they shouldn't have scored, but they went in and everyone is just jacked, jacked up, ready to go. And then it just starts flowing. Things just start clicking that weren't clicking before. Um, The only other option at that point is either they stay the course or they implode even more. And if they implode even more, changes have to happen. It's either going to be personnel as far as players go, or it's personnel as far as coaching staff goes. But the first five minutes didn't give me any sort of, you know, uh, confidence that they were going to move forward or do better uh, the rest of that game, let alone, you know, how the season is starting to go. The only bright spot that I noticed, and it was, you know, mentioned in the broadcast with Hayward, was that the fourth and first line, again, they were getting chances. They looked dangerous. They were almost there. Sherwood had a ton of chances, not only in the first, but also in the third. Um, and then, you know, once again, Street, Kosala didn't look out of place at all. I mean, for fourth line, they looked good. If, if there was waves, it was between the first and fourth line. If they did... One of them back-to-back, we had two great shifts. But the third and second line, in my opinion, just kind of dropped the ball. But between the fifth and tenth minute, we actually had multiple shifts with sustained pressure, but just really didn't get shots on net, or they were blocked, or they went wide, or, you know, the chances were there, but the shots didn't get to the net. And that was a little disheartening once again, where we finally put together a good, you know, amount of shifts in a row but still didn't really have anything to show for it. Yeah, that that that, um, that was a bright spot, and I I think uh, Rangers did a good job of like 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 I said when you're watching another team play and how you want the Ducks to play, you know they do a good job of getting in their face a little bit, not giving them a whole lot of time, um, and when that happens, the Ducks start kind of standing around, they're not moving, and yeah. you know and you're not going to get chances like that. Um, when you see other teams play, they're moving. They're, they're trying to get open. They're trying to open lanes, and the Ducks don't really do that. And that's frustrating to watch from a, a Ducks fan perspective because it, it looks like they're not trying, and it looks like they, they, they don't know what to do with the puck. And these are capable guys that have done it before. They know what to do, and so it almost makes you think a little bit that it's the, the structure where they're not quite sure what they're about to do or what the other players are about to do either. So once again, it's that, that, that hesitation that I have to think about the play I'm about to do rather than just do it. And when you do it and you don't think about it, it looks speedy. It looks quick, but when they get it behind the net and they hold it behind the net and then they start looking, I'm going to go here, maybe there. I'm going to try an outlet pass here, see how that works. And it just nothing ends up flowing and everyone starts overthinking everything. That's when it's getting too complicated. That's when things either you, they I hate to say, you know, dump and change because that's that's their jump and chase. That's not really going to work in today's NHL. 
but the Ducks seem to be stuck between the personnel that they have, which is more of a grinding, hitting style, instinctual, versus them all of a sudden trying to change their identity to a fast, quick strike, you know, flashy team that makes eight passes and it's highlight reel and it's, you know, Connor McDavid making eight different amazing plays. That's how we got to score in the new NHL. And although speed is a necessity, it's got to be a little bit of your identity too. And I feel like they're a little bit lost in that and they, they can't quite figure it out right now. So I'm still hoping <laughs> for the eventual light to click on and things get just simpler for them. Not necessarily easier, but they just think at a quicker rate because right now they just seem slow in their thought process, which translates to how slow they are on the ice. But that being said, uh, Ducks get a power play opportunity. Yay. So that's a good thing. Yay. Yay. You know what they did with that power play opportunity? Uh, a whole lot of nothing. No shots. That's right, Dave. Congratulations. It's like we're about to give you another prize. Uh, so, yeah, the first power play unit goes out, no shots. Uh, they're trying to be too pretty. Once again, they're just making passes and one too many. No gritty plays. I like Eves and I like Kessler. I don't like them both playing on one line. I feel like it's two guys that do the exact same thing, and then you have them on one line, and then you don't have a Getzloff thrown into the net or throwing it to a side or something where the person in front of the net's going to create the havoc or something like that. Instead, you've got a Silverberg and you've got a Henrique on a power play with Getzloff, and neither one of those guys is really going to be much in the way of, you know, that, that, that annoyance factor for a goalie in front. If Silverberg or Henrique are there and I'm a goalie, because I'm such a great goalie, <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned about them. Um, other than if I give up a rebound. Silverberg scored on a power play on a rebound. He had to bat it out of midair, and that's unfortunate for a goalie. You can't really kind of see that one. But if I can see the thing and I don't have to worry about a big body, you know, pushing people around, I'm good. So when they do that and there's no gritty play in front, um, there's just not a good way for that power play to really kind of click. I know Eves is early on, but forgets loft to be effective he either needs an eaves or kessler in front of the net and they keep putting them on the second line or don't put them in the front line and they try and make the top line that pretty play that tries to work and it just it's not working for me it's not working for them didn't work for them on this power play well with the power play i don't think they like i said i don't think they move around i don't think they skate enough or you know create those opportunities to uh to get anything going it, to me, like with the power play, it is kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say it's standing around, but, you know, they're like you said, you're, they're looking for that pretty play, but it's a guy that's kind of just standing there with the puck looking for someone to hopefully get open. And, and to me, it just, it, a lot of the power play stays up at the blue line. And I don't, I don't know, like like when I see other teams play, they, they skate around, they move it, they pass quick passes, they open up a lane. And they take a shot. Yeah, there's some movement. And, you know, the Ducks seem to have like two or three plays. And it's either throw back up to uh, Getzloff at the point, kind of try and pass around, see what he can find, and, you know, try and make a play out of nothing, just given his, you know, God-given skill to do it. 
But at the same time, uh, you know, sometimes they'll throw it down. They'll try and have a guy a little bit high, kind of like Washington does, where they'll have Oshie kind of in that middle as a wanderer and, you know, try and throw out to them. But it's just so inconsistent one way or the other if that's actually going to work out. And the Ducks don't really – they kind of revert back to what used to work. And unfortunately, yeah, I mean, there's not movement. You, that's what you have to do on a power play is you have to create confusion amongst the penalty killers – but if you get guys setting up three up high or two up high and the other guys are just kind of stuck in their positions and no one's really moving around or, you know, I hate to use the word drop pass around Getzloff, but where one guy moves in front, you drop it off. All of a sudden the, the penalty killer now has to think, well, am I going this guy? Am I going back down? Something that creates a little bit of confusion and maybe a little bit of space. And the Ducks haven't really shown that. Um, and, you know, in addition to that, they, they got to score five on five. It's freaking the New York Rangers, and yeah. we don't have five-on-five five goals against them. Uh, you know, not to be, uh, you know, too bad about it. You know, I felt really kind of down, like there was no way we are really going to get back into this. But the only solace is at this point, uh, the Rangers have gone pretty much the entire third period, with the exception of the first uh, two minutes. Uh, they'd only had one other shot in the last 18 minutes of this game. Uh, with 2.01 left, we call a timeout. We pull a goalie. Ducks, uh, I notice, are dangerous and when they get desperate. When they get desperate, they do the one thing that I wish they would do more often, slam the puck in the freaking front of the net. Make the goalie try and make a save. Make a defenseman spin around. Try and guard somebody to the left, to the right. See if it goes in. See if it pops out. You got enough skill and talent and guys that can kind of poke around, and maybe there's a rebound somewhere like that. So they look kind of dangerous. Uh, but it wasn't until the last 25 seconds of the game when Getzloff, once again to the rescue, uh, ends up setting up Raquel with another beautiful one-timer that this time he actually gets past G-Man, as <laughs> Mr. Rodriguez has so eloquently called him. Uh, and Rex gets that goal that gets us at least a point. So we end up with 29-21 uh, shot advantage for Anaheim. That's right. I said advantage, 29 <laughs> to 21. Only gave up 21 shots to Gibson, which is amazing. Only one shot in the last 18 minutes and five seconds of the third period. Uh, Ducks get a point out of this, and we get to go to overtime. But that goal was so damn lucky. There was He was so far down low in that circle, and you just kind of go like, man, is he actually going to be able to squeeze that win in? And he actually did. Yeah, it was pretty. I, I let out I let out a yelp. Yay! <laughs> I was uh, watching it, unfortunately, on my phone, and then that's when Michelle decided it would be a great time to call. And, like, all of a sudden, I was, like, watching, and all of a sudden, like, call comes in. Well, no, 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 no. And I call her right back. And, well, don't call me right now. It's horrible timing. What? Don't look at me, Michelle. I see you. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so the, the Ducks end up tying it with about 25 seconds left. We get to go to overtime. Um... So at least we picked up one point. Overtime, that's always tough. It's hard to really break down how a team played defensively or offensively. Uh, but the only thing I saw is just whenever we ended up kind of getting the chances that we, we could possibly have scored on in overtime, everyone seemed kind of tired. Um, they could be tired just from the game itself, uh, the fact that it's overtime, or the fact that when we got chances, it might have been at the end of a shift. Uh it wasn't as exciting as most overtimes are. Um, I feel, um, you know, there were a couple of chances here, there, but for the most part, a fairly tame overtime, right? 
Yeah, fairly tame. I mean, there's a couple chances here and there, but I think a lot of times when you're right, when ducks get the puck, it's usually when those guys have been out there for already for 40, 50 seconds or whatever. And, uh, they have no energy and they have to change. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, they didn't get a whole lot of those uh, grade A chances, but they didn't give up too many either. So we end up going to a shootout, and this is where maybe those sh- uh, the lack of shots against Gibson over the last twenty odd minutes of play uh, maybe factored in just a little bit. Um, Auberg comes in as the first shooter for the Ducks, who elect to go first. Uh, he missed by you know a damn mile. I mean that <laughs> thing went high. Uh, I, I know. Um, um, Hayward was saying, oh, yeah, no, uh, G-Man, I think that's what he said, uh, came out and was really aggressive and cut down the angle. I'm like, Auberg missed by, you know, <laughs> two blocks. I mean, he, he sent it past Catella, uh, you know, past <laughs> Chapman, you know, on to Lincoln. I mean, that's where that puck eventually landed, I assume. Um, so it's it wasn't a great shot, in my opinion. That was his first ever career shootout shot they're maybe trying to give it to the hot hand who hadn't scored yet so he misses by a mile uh zuccarella comes in ends up beating gibby five hole real quick um you know gibby's usually pretty good at getting down there i think it surprised them maybe just a little bit um and we're down one nothing at that point what'd you think of that auberg shot uh he's his first shot i don't know (laughs) i probably would have done the same thing (laughs) just because i'm not good at dangling but uh you know i mean he was probably picking a corner. He just missed a shot. You know, it happens. All right. All right. You're giving him a pass, I see. No, I'm giving him a pass. <laughs> I've, I've been pretty critical of the guy before he started <laughs> scoring, so I'm going to try and ease up on him. No, no, no. Be critical. When you were critical, he was doing good. When he said he was good, then he's not doing so I know. I know. <laughs> so get on his case next time. Right. Uh, guy, you can't really uh, fault too much. Uh, catalyst, everything that kind of happens, it seems like mostly offensively, is Getzloff. Uh, he comes in, he misses, he tries to outweight uh, G-Man, doesn't really quite work out. Kind of had a weird little bounce outward, so I don't know how much room he had. And, you know, I would leave it to Getzloff to find a little tiny hole to, to, to make a goal happen. Uh, but he was kind of out of real estate and uh, out of uh, shooting angles at that point. So he misses in a little bit of trouble. And then another very easy name to pronounce, Zabinajad. Comes in for the New York Rangers, scores, game over at that point. Rangers get two of those shots. Ducks get nothing. The Ducks get another loss. So out of out of uh, seven games here, they've had a possible 14 points to grab. They've left 12 on the table. Um, geez, at, at this point, you know, that's a seven-game, you know, winless streak. And uh, last time the Ducks had... A uh, seven-game winless streak. Uh, coach lost their job. It turns out it's the same damn coach that's coaching the team right now. So uh, I'm not quite sure how many more games uh, this is going to kind of happen. What do you feel or what's your feeling on Randy Carlisle, his system, and his tenure or, you know, how soon is he gone or, or is he gone? Do you think they just stick it out and call this season a wash? Uh, it's, it's seeming more and more like he's going to stick around. For how much longer, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's not the, a great answer, but um, I'm starting to feel like he is going to stick around. Uh, maybe if they lose the for the rest of this homestand, um, maybe something happens. But 
I don't know. I'm not sensing it now. I'm just not. Not feeling it? You're not feeling the, the Carlisle? I, I, well, I no, I don't feel the Carlisle. I don't what? feel his system. Um, but I don't. I just don't. I'm just sensing that he's, he's not going to get fired anytime soon. Yeah. So, all right. So, we agree there's no hot Carl. Um, that we're going to uh, be seeing moving forward. In my opinion, I feel like at this point, Carlisle is it is time. I think with this loss, the fact that you know the way we lost, it's kind of the same way that Bob Murray said, "All right, bye, Boudreaux." It's the way we ended up losing some of these games, and it was the same way. So we lost the Philly game the same way, giving up you know an immediate goal after that. Ducks lucked out, and they, they were able to at least score a goal, but it's like they score, and then they immediately crap the bed. And when you go seven games, and let's be honest, you can look at it and say, well, that's been, you know, it's only been seven games. Look at where we're at. We're only two games below the 500 mark. We're still in the mix because the Pacific Division sucks or it's weak. But quite honestly, that 5-1-1 one one record we got out to, 100% Gibson. All Gibson or Miller, I mean – so this is a team that should be, quite honestly, at the same record as the LA Kings. And the Kings that's, are just horrific as far as their standings go as well. The only difference is, is we've had a extremely hot goalie that's bailed us out of games. We almost we could have easily lost to Arizona the second game of the season, but he, he had to stand on his head with 40-plus saves and a one nothing shutout. I mean, it's just there's... There's no way you can justify that the Ducks record is even close to what they look at. If you think the Ducks record is is good or decent now, it's actually really bad. And if you think their Ducks record is really bad, you know, is bad right now, it's really bad considering how they even have five wins to begin with. So it's it's tough. Uh, at this point, I got to assume that he's either going to stick with Carlisle and just go the rest of the season and just call it a wash, not renew him, and just assume that's the way it's going to be. Or my hope is that you clean house a little bit. Carlisle's in the last year of his contract. Eakins has worked with a lot of the young guys you're trying to bring into the lineup. So, I mean, he knows them. He knows what they're capable of. He works well with younger players and a speed game in the AHL. And he's got some head coaching experience. I think it's not unbelievable to try and promote him up if uh, the team kind of continues on this path. I, I would say Ducks lose two more games without a win. Carlisle's gone. I think he's the first coach gone. He's on the, the, the hottest seat in the NHL, in my opinion, right now. Um, and the Ducks can't afford to go through half or a quarter of the season like they did last time with him and hope that a coaching change like Bruce Boudreaux will bring them in. Because even when they brought in Bruce Boudreaux, they still didn't make the playoffs that year. So, I mean, at this point, they even have at least a little bit of a head start. Freaking drop him, bring somebody else in. What's the worst going to happen? It'd be the exact same thing anyways. If That's the worst-case scenario. All good points, and I think uh, I don't Thank think you. anybody disagrees with you. <laughs> I think that's what everybody wants to happen. But um, well, we got one. Chris, Chris Smith, he thinks Carlisle, it's not Carlisle's fault. He thinks it's the, uh, it's the players. Uh, Which, to a degree, I would agree. To a know. degree, of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's the players that are <laughs> on the ice. But, I mean, Carlisle implements a system, and the system does not work. System sucks, and I think the, the new guy they brought in to work on the defense, uh, 
equally sucks and it's not really yeah. helping them in, in any way, shape or form. So, um, you know, for, for the ducks, uh, like you said, this month, about a month or so, the ducks are just pretty much home. Uh, I mean, they have a couple of uh, road games, but those road games go to LA, they go to Vegas. I mean, they're not going out of their time zone at this point. So the ducks have a lot of opportunity to do well, they are running out of excuses because players are coming back from injuries. Yes, some other ones are going out. But quite frankly, all the big ones that everyone was saying is like, oh, we're, we're not winning because of these guys, you know, being out. Look, those guys are coming back. Um, so at this point, Ducks next game is this Sunday, November 4th. Me and Dave will have to miss that because we have our own little hockey game where we <laughs> are trying to go pro. We're almost there. Oh, no, wait, wait. If you're quiet, you can hear all the laughter. <laughs> just there it is yeah there it is so uh yeah so we'll we'll end up missing that one so you guys won't have to listen to our horrific take on what the ducks are doing you'll have uh patty whack back hopefully uh and uh eddie van jones your canadian lover boy so they'll be back sunday november 4th following the anaheim and columbus game uh that'll be interesting because uh, i like bravosky i think he's one of the best goalies so it'll be interesting to see how that one all pans out uh thank you everyone for listening to me ramble and dave just trip through his own sentences oh horse crap i did good <laughs> love you dave even though you're vegan so thank you once again. Thanks, Dave, for coming on, bailing out those other guys. Thank you, Michelle, for doing all that you do back there, which was just show up hand signals and annoy me. So thank you, everyone else, for listening. Uh, go Ducks. And hopefully I'm a little bit more enthusiastic as the season moves along. So thank you guys for everyone for uh, tuning in. Fire Carlisle.